Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I have a word from heaven for us tonight, and I I really believe that God is going to minister. And um, at the end of the night, we're going to open up the altar, and you're going to have the opportunity to encounter God um, uniquely because God is a relationship God. He's not a... Here's some laws to follow. Good luck with that. I'll see you, you know, I'm the man upstairs. No, he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows every single thought that you've ever thought. He knows every single thing. I know, it's kind of terrifying too. I'm like, wow, but he loves you. He loves you and he has good things for you. So um, speaking of households and speaking of God knowing everything, I... So there's a joke in our family because my amazing husband, who I do honor, I also just have to um, honk the the horn of the bus because he forgets where everything is, you guys. <laughs> he He would forget his own foot if it was able to fall off of him. Like I, it's really amazing. He's so smart. He has a PhD in structural engineering. He loves studying the word of God. He has so much revelation. And I, I realize it's, there's so much going up, going on up there that he can't remember like where he put his keys. Um, and genetics run strong in my family and my son Zeke is the same exact way. Like he never knows where his shoes are. He never knows where anything is. And I know where everything is. <laughs> in my house. Any other, any other, okay, yes, I see the ladies. It is like a superpower, you guys. I don't even, I, I, I amaze myself, honestly. Like any one of my family members can be, come up to me and be like, hey, have you seen that Happy Meal toy from three months ago? And I'm like, under your bed, behind the toy that's to the left, and there's a book, and if you lift the book up, it's there. Also, you need to clean your room. And, or my husband will be like, hey, have you seen my keys? I'm like, oh, it's in um, this particular jacket. It's hanging up in your closet because I saw you wear it yesterday, but I put your jacket back in the closet without checking your pockets. But if you go up there, it'll be in there. And they're there. Like, I just know. I know where everything is at all times. And um, I was thinking about it. It's because I'm the keeper of my home. I'm the one that looks after our home. And so I know where things are because I know what's inside my home. And just as I am the keeper of my home, God is the keeper of his house. And he spoke to me and said, just as you always know where everything is and when your family doesn't know where to look to find the things that are in your house, the same goes for the house of God. When you lose something, because God is the keeper of his home, he can actually show you where it is and how to find it. So the title of my message tonight is Lost and Found. Lost and Found. And I actually had this picture of this huge lost and found table that is the altar tonight. And at the end of the night, 
those of you, maybe you know exactly what's been missing or what's been misplaced or what's been lost, but there's others of you that don't even realize that you've misplaced some things that are actually really important and your portion, and they're gonna be found at the altar as well. I remember I picked up my son um, from Kids Church and there's a very robust lost and found <laughs> cubby in Kids Church because, you know, kids. And um, I was over there not even looking for the lost and found cubby and I glanced over, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's where all of my son's thermoses are and water bottles, they're all there. I didn't even know that that's where they were, but they were all there. And so I gathered them up and took them home. So there's some of you that as I preach this message, the Holy Spirit's gonna highlight misplaced joy, misplaced peace, different areas of your life that you've been in survival mode for so long that you don't even realize that there's something for you up here on the altar. But at the end of the night, I promise the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you. And I would encourage you as I, as I unfold a few different thoughts that you would be having your own conversation with the Holy Spirit and asking him, what is it that you have for me tonight? What is it that I've been surviving or going so fast that I've misplaced? And we just get a moment to actually receive from heaven the things that God wants to get to you tonight. Amen? Amen. I wanna highlight the story of Zacchaeus. I love the story of Zacchaeus because it's this perfect picture of us and God. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, but he liked to stuff his pockets with a little bit more than what was technically owed through the taxes. And so he was not a well-respected person in his community. He was also rather short and he had heard about Jesus. And so he wanted to get a glimpse of him. And so he climbed to the tree. And if you grew up in church, you know the song, which I loved growing up. And then Jesus called out, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there in that tree? I'm gonna go to your house today. And what I love about this story is one, Zacchaeus didn't realize he was missing. He didn't realize he was lost, but Jesus did and he knew how to locate and find him. And at the very end of the story in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says this, this is what Jesus told Zacchaeus. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I love that because how often do we find ourselves in positions or seasons where we're a little bit lost, or maybe we don't even realize that we're lost, but we're curious about, could it be better? Could it actually be real? Could the word of God be real? Could the book of miracles actually happen for me? Could I actually experience what I've been hearing from this platform for myself? I need to climb up a tree and just take a peek. And then Jesus, bam, locates you and says, I ca I've come for you. I didn't just come for the people you thought I came for, I came for you. Because he goes after that which is lost. And I would, I would encourage you to ask God, who are the people in your own life that are lost without even realizing that they're lost? And are we going after them? Are we buying them a ticket to Night of Christmas or to Twisted? Are we evangelizing, getting out of our comfort zone so that we can see Jesus do what he does best, which is go after the lost and heal and restore and bring salvation. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. 
So point number one, we're going to talk about time. Time is not lost. Time is not lost. I um, used to get so frustrated at my husband. I know I feel like I'm using you a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Just so much preaching material when you're married. Um, <laughs> so Mike and I met when we were young. I was in college. He wasn't in college at the time. And then my dad said, if you're going to marry my daughter, you have to go back to school and get a degree. So he did. And he went back to school in his mid-20s. And we paid our way, started in community college, like started from the bottom, now we're here. And so we um, started our journey, and that's how we got to to San Diego, he got into UCSD to do his master's and eventually did a PhD at UCSD. But because he went back to school, quote unquote, later in life, he had this, this lie that he believed for a really long time that he was behind, that time was lost. And I used to tell him, no, like we're not behind. What is behind? What is ahead? Like that's not how the kingdom of God works. But we really had to go after that and break that lie off that said that we were behind, that we had lost so much time. And there are people in here tonight where you have believed the same lie, that your life has been lived in a certain way, that now you're coming into realizations and you are discrediting what God is calling you to step into because you think it's too late and that time is lost. Because the enemy wants to, you to think that you don't have time. But this is a very interesting thought. First of all, the kingdom of heaven isn't confined to time like we are. And we have access to the unseen kingdom of heaven. So that automatically debunks the lie that says it's too late. But think about this. Every single human being on the earth is confined to a 24-hour day. Have you ever really thought about that? So if any world leader, any celebrity, any entrepreneur, a stay-at-home mom of one child, a stay-at-home mom of 20 children, like the Duggars, every single person, a high schooler, a preschooler, somebody retired, somebody that is a billionaire, somebody that is homeless on the streets, every single person on earth is confined to a 24-hour day. So my question is, when you invite the Holy Spirit in, how are you stewarding that time? How are you stewarding the time that God has given you right now? Because it actually completely elimin eliminates the lie that says, I don't, have, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do the dreams that God has given me in my heart. It's near the end of the year and it didn't happen. I ran out of time. The excuses and the lies go on and on and on. I went through a season of eliminating myself from that ceiling. And I want to give you a free tip. It's not a Bible verse, but it's wisdom. Grab a timer and set a timer and see how long it actually takes you to do something. You, you might be surprised. Like the dishes, I used to be like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me all night to do the dishes or a closet that needs organization. Oh my gosh, it's going to take me like an entire Saturday to clean out my closet. If you set a timer, you will be shocked at how little amount of time it actually takes to do certain tasks. And I want to challenge you to break off any limiting beliefs when it comes to the things that God has entrusted you to steward. And as you practice 
working off of the kingdom mentality of stewardship rather than the limiting belief of time running out, you will be set free and you'll be able to experience a life where your capacity begins to stretch, your capacity begins to grow. I mean, when Mike and I stepped foot in this church, we could barely make our bed and arrive to church on time. I mean, we were, we were entry-level Christians. And then we said yes to going to DNA. And then we said yes to serving. And then we said yes to running a connect group. And then we said yes to being connect coaches. And then we began to see God expand our capacity, but it came as we learned how to steward what was in our hands. And we stewarded what was in our hands with the same amount of time that we had when we set foot into these doors of this church. And so I don't want you to compare yourself. I want you to just locate where does God have me and how can I steward the season that he has me in and how can I invite him into my thinking, invite him into how I'm processing my life. Because if you're overwhelmed or if you are in a position where you think you don't have time for anything, then you, you won't actually say yes to what God has for you. Joel 2, 25 through 27 says this, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, lots of locusts, locusts? I don't know, you guys, it's a Wednesday night. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And this scripture is so beautiful and it's so powerful and actually it goes on to, um, to say exactly what was preached in the very first sermon after Jesus went to heaven. Um, and it's, it's a powerful revelation that God is the God of restoration. And he wants to restore that which has been lost. And I wanna prophesy over you the years that were stolen from you from the enemy, the years that you sat dormant, the years before you walked into these doors of the church, you serve the God of restoration that can restore back all of the years that were stolen from you. And it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter what your history is, what matters is when you trust in God and you look to him, he will restore everything just as the scripture says. But it is a participation sport, you guys. Christianity is not for the ones on the bench. We all have been asked to go into the field, to play, to compete, to actually experience the race of life with Jesus. And I have found that when I am living under shame, if I have guilt, if I have offense, remorse, if I have gone through a season of discouragement or disappointment, until I actually address that in my heart, only then can I invite the Holy Spirit in so that he can propel me forward and begin the process of restoration. And for some of you in here tonight, what the altar is gonna mean for you, that lost and found table is gonna mean exchanging your discouragement and your disappointment and picking up everything that God has for you so that he can restore. 
Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. We serve a God that literally made the sun stand still. Do you not think that he can multiply your time, restore back your time, and do the miraculous, not just in your life, but through your life? And I'll leave you with a psalm. Psalm 6511, you crown the year with your bounty and your cards overflow with abundance. And as we approach the end of this year, I do not want any single one of you to live under discouragement when you look back at your year, but I want you to have your head held high and allow yourself to be crowned by all that God has for you because you are a son and a daughter, amen? Amen, all right, point number two. Find your peace. Find your peace. Many of you have lost your peace. And it's time tonight for you to find it. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love the word of God. I don't, you don't even need me up here, you guys. You could literally just read the word of God. It's so good. I'm gonna read it one more time. I don't think you guys, y'all ready? Okay, this is the word of God. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What and who determines your peace? And in this scripture, I love, I love that it talks about how there's a differentiation between what the world offers peace and what Jesus gives as peace. What is your source of peace? The peace of the world will, is, is like putting your head in the sand. It's distracting yourself like, oh, that's too much for me to handle. I'm just gonna go over here and pretend like it's not happening. That's the, the peace of the world. Or deliberate blindness, like, la, 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 I'm just going to totally not think about this whole entire situation that is very troubling. And then maybe I'll have peace. Or a lot of people fall into addiction or coping or numbing because they can't figure out how to sleep. They can't figure out how to access peace because they're turning to the world instead of turning to the only one, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. The world offers the peace of escape, peace from avoidance of trouble, refusing to face the things that we are more than conquerors in. But Jesus tonight, for those of you that have lost your peace, or for those of you that have turned to how the world operates under the guise of peace, the counterfeit peace, and there's a lost and found table with your peace waiting for you to pick it up and to receive it just as Jesus said, he wants to give it to you. He wants to leave it with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. It is, it's troubling times when you look at the world, right? But we as believers have the opportunity to go through the troublesome times that the world has to offer completely cloaked in a little bubble of peace. And that does not mean we're ignorant. That does not mean we're naive. Okay, there's a difference. It means that we walk through life courageous knowing that the God of peace is with us. So who or what could be against us? 
Amen, yes. I'll drink to that. Some of you guys need to stop putting stipulations around peace. Okay, I'll explain this. Some of you will not allow yourself to live in peace unless there are certain things that are happening. And if those certain things aren't happening, then you're gonna reject peace, okay? So if your kids aren't acting a certain way, then that means you do not have peace. If your husband's acting a certain way, if your finances look a certain way, if your friendships are a hot mess, well, nope, I need control and I need pride and I need every single thing to look a certain way and then I'll receive the peace from Jesus. But that's not what the scripture said, right? We have to actually separate what the enemy wants us to fall into the trap of and receive from heaven so that we can actually have discernment and wisdom on how to get through the storms of life. I was uh, talking with beautiful Kelly O'Connor and she mentioned something really quickly that at recovery they go into in depth and I believe it, it's called a chaos creator, right? So a chaos creator means that you, if you experience peace, you freak out and you'll create chaos because you can't handle peace. It's like, ah, this is not how my life has ever been. I need to be in survival mode. So if I'm not surviving anything, I'll just create a mess so that then I can survive again. And it's an old wineskin and it's a trap. And the Lord wants to call us up and out of those traps and actually set us on a firm foundation where we can eliminate and cut off those generational curses. We can say, not anymore. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. It doesn't matter what the world says. I am receiving peace from Jesus and I'm gonna find it, I'm gonna claim it and I'm not gonna reject it anymore. Amen? Some of you guys are asleep real good tonight. <laughs> And I get, this is the best example of chaos creators that I could come up with. I have a very adventurous one-year-old. His name is Leon. And he, he is wild, you guys. Like, he is climbing on things. He yells, like, 80% of the time because he just needs to roar. Like, I'm like, what were we thinking naming our son Lion? Like, he is a lion. Like, I'm like, Leon, how are you? He's like... It just like runs. And so there's just lots of life in our house and it's awesome. But if it's ever too quiet, like Mike and I will be like, oh gosh, did he get out? Did he run away? Like, where is he? What did he do? Is he alive? We pray angels to protect him every single day of his life. I feel like Monique and I could start a club called, we did it, we kept our kid alive another day. Um, they're going to change the world. So I don't want to, you know, anyway, but I found myself, how interesting that when there's peace, I freak out. I'm like, something has to be wrong. And oftentimes, if you do have toddlers, that's probably true. But when it comes to our spirituality, we have to actually change those patterns in our mind so that if there's quiet, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. It means that we are actually living in peace. 
It doesn't mean that we need to create noise. It means that we need to learn stability and wisdom. Does that make sense? Amen. There's a lot of you that need to learn how to be in peace. And what that means is you actually have to face the music and allow the Holy Spirit into the things that you've been trying to distract yourself from so that you can experience healing, you can experience freedom, restoration. So the things that have been lost can be found. But it actually means going on a journey with the Holy Spirit and being honest with him so that he can give you everything that he has for you. And point number three, and the, the team can come back up. A lot of you have lost your love for life and you're gonna find it here tonight. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I love this scripture for so many reasons. But I'll start out by explaining it like this. You were made in the image of God. The Bible says that we're made in the image of God. And because you were made in the image of God, no matter your standing with God, if you've rejected him, if you fully surrendered your life to him, if you are lukewarm somewhere in between, because you were made in the image of God, the enemy hates you. He hates you because any time he sees you, it's a mirror of the image of God. And so no matter, no matter what your life is or looks like or your situations look like, there's a real enemy that will relentlessly go after and try to steal, kill, and destroy your relationships, your, your peace, your love. And there's so many of you, I've gone through seasons in my own life where I'm like, why are you picking on me? Why, I'm not like, I'm not even rocking the boat. This was before I was a pastor. I'm not even rocking the boat. I'm doing all the right things. And I got picked on and tormented in my mind. I was riddled with anxiety. And it's because I'm hated by the enemy because I am a reflection of the image of God. And there's a real enemy out there. And he wants to steal, kill and destroy all of the things that God has promised you that's your portion. And whether or not you choose God, you will always be hated by the enemy. But Jesus came so that you could have life and not just survival life, thrive life. Like we're not surviving, we're thriving at Awaken East Lake. But there's a fight attached to it. There's a battle for it. And we're good for it because we can take this to the bank that we're always gonna face battles because we will always be a mirror of the image of God. I um, have been on a journey this past year of really understanding in a deeper way how to love my life no matter what. Because I'm an example for you guys, I'm an example for my children that the, the best thing that I could do to defeat the enemy is to live out this verse of not just surviving, but having life to the full. And some of you need to throw off the guilt factor 
because you have family members that aren't choosing God and they are struggling and then you're stepping into the applying the principles of God this holiday season and you're experiencing miracles and you actually can't live out that verse of of not just having life but having life in abundance because of the guilt and shame that other people are projecting onto you because they want you pulled down to their level and some of you have broken through and actually gotten breakthrough but the people around you are being used by the enemy to pull you back into that place of survival and you're gonna have to draw a line in the sand like I am not gonna allow the enemy, I'm not gonna allow the lies, I'm not gonna allow my past to torment or steal or kill or destroy the life in full that God has for me. <laughs> Heaviness is not your portion. Heaviness is not your portion. We're fresh off of Thanksgiving week and I'm not naive to think that some of us may have been a little bit stirred up being around family because it's a mirror of everything that you've worked so hard to break free from or break out of. And then you go back home and you're like, it smacks you in the face like, oh my gosh, these are all of the generational curses that I worked so hard to get set free from and now I'm being made fun of or, or even being reminded of everything that I've had to work so hard for. And then the enemy will come in and will try to steal, kill and destroy your joy, your portion, your peace, your victory will try to slip you up and think you're not any different than them. Like that's your family, that's your legacy. No, Jesus is our legacy. We have a new bloodline through Jesus Christ. When we take communion, we're aligning our DNA with the DNA of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what we've been through. It doesn't matter the choices that our parents made. It doesn't matter the mistakes that we made in our past. We are in alignment and a reflection of Jesus Christ and his portion for us. The best thing we could do to stick it to the devil is to enjoy our life, is to not just survive, but to thrive, to not just get through, but to actually be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. So again, I wanna ask you, what is it that you have lost? That sitting here right on this lost and found altar, when you say yes to Jesus and you allow his Holy Spirit to fill you, this is what your portion is. This is what you will find. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long suffering. That is your portion. That is what you will find. But you will not be able to access it without Jesus Christ. You will not be able to attain it. It'll slip through your fingers like sand unless you actually allow the Holy Spirit to come in to your heart to illuminate the voids that have been plagued or put there by the enemy. And you can just draw a line and say, not today, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm finding my joy again. I'm finding my peace again. I'm finding permission again to flourish. I'm finding permission again to not be in debt, 
to not spend every single penny that I make, to not be controlled by my circumstances, controlled by my family, controlled by my bank account. What is it that you need to find tonight? Because everything that you need can be found in Jesus. If you could stand to your feet. I wanna pray and then I want, um, I wanna open up the altar and we're gonna sing a little bit because the Bible says that God inhabits praise. And the Bible says that when you come to the altar, you are altered. And that's what Wednesday nights are for. So I just want you to close your eyes and I'm just gonna pray. And then um, I'm gonna invite any one of you that wants to come and find what you've been missing here at the altar in Jesus. But Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person in this room that they are an image of you. They're an image, they were made in the image of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are returning back what was stolen from them. You're returning back the things that they didn't think they could have again or have ever. And I pray, Holy Spirit, or over every single mind in this room, that the torment would be silenced in the mighty name of Jesus, that peace would come in, that they would have encounters with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that this holiday season will be marked with joy and laughter and a life in full. And I pray, Holy Spirit, if you're in here tonight and you wanna surrender your life to Jesus, or if you have been resisting Jesus, resisting a surrendered life, while everyone's eyes are closed, just give me a little wave so I, I can pray for you. If there's anyone in here that wants to say yes fully to Jesus, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for every hand raised. When we open up the altar by the drum cage, there's gonna be a team of people. If you want prayer and a Bible and a following Jesus book, they'll walk you through how to surrender your life to Jesus. But I'm just gonna open the altar and you guys just come on up. If you have been suffering from anxiety, if you have been feeling depression, depressing thoughts, suicidal thoughts, if you have been disappointed or discouraged by how your year is ending, if you are walking through battles for your health, if you're walking through battles of rejecting a doctor's diagnosis, then come to the front. Thank you, Jesus, that everything that we need. Yeah, come on up, guys. so mad at the enemy for what he has stolen from us this year. And I refuse to go into the Christmas season as a campus where we aren't experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. You are worthy of joy. You are worthy of soundness of mind. You are worthy of abundance. You are worthy of those dreams that God put in your heart to come to pass. You are worthy of being loved. You're worthy of sitting around a table and laughing with friends that will encourage you and will build you up. What is it that has been lost? And will you believe in your heart and just say, Jesus, I'm finding my joy tonight. Give it to me. I receive your peace tonight. I cast off the peace of the world. I say yes to your peace from heaven. Let's begin to receive from heaven as we sing.
Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.